Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to the Qalam Podcast. Isra wal Miraj. Join us as we revisit the miraculous night journey and the impact it had on the Prophet's life and what lessons we can apply to our own. To support community events just like this one, please visit qalamfamily.com. Jazakallah khair for listening. We will now have none other than Sheikh Abdul Nasser covering the next portion. Uh, the night journey itself, the Isra, the, the night journey, uh, and we're going to cover that miraculous journey right now, inshallah. Bismillahi walhamdulillah wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillahi wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, Subhanalladhi asra bi'abdihi laylam minal masjidil harami ilal masjidil aqsa alladhi barakna hawlahu Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala declares within the Qur'an that all perfection, absolute perfection, belongs only and solely to Allah. The one who took his chosen beloved servant, Muhammad Rasulullah by night from Al-Masjidul Haram, the sacred house of God, which is in Mecca, to the furthest mosque, which is the title that was bestowed upon the sacred house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa in Jerusalem. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, لِنُرِيَهُ min ayatina." That this journey of the Prophet he was taken on this journey specifically so that we Allah is speaking in the first person, so that we could show him our miraculous signs. Now, even when you look at the title of this event, there are two words, Al-Isra wal-Mi'raj. Those are two separate words, and they refer to the two distinct portions of this experience that the Prophet ﷺ had. Al-Isra literally means to travel a large distance, at night time. And that refers to the first part of the journey of the Prophet ﷺ, which was from Mecca to Jerusalem. The second word, al-mi'raj, comes from uruj, which means to ascend. Mi'raj means the ascension. And that refers to the part of his experience, remarkable experience on that blessed night, when the Prophet ﷺ was then elevated, he ascended from Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa, from Jerusalem, to the heavens and beyond, which we'll be talking about. So, we're going to be breaking for Salat Al-Maghrib in about 15 minutes, inshallah, because that's one of the big morals and lessons of this entire period, this event from the life of the Prophet ﷺ. We'll be talking about that later tonight. So we'll be breaking for Salat al-Maghrib insha'Allah. What I'd like to do is, before Salat al-Maghrib, talk about the first part of that journey as much as possible. So the Prophet ﷺ, first of all, when did this al-Isra wal-Mi'raj occur? Shaykh Mikail provided some context in terms of where it's placed in the life of the Prophet ﷺ. And that is that it is placed after the passing of Khadija Al-Kubra radiallahu ta'ala anha, our mother Khadija, and the uncle of the Prophet ﷺ, Abu Talib, and after the Prophet ﷺ returned back from the experience at At-Ta'if. So 
The scholars say that the event of Al-Isra wal-Mi'raj happened somewhere between 12 to 16 months before the Hijrah, before the migration to Medina. So it happened about a year, year and a half prior to that. The exact month and the date on which it occurred is not completely agreed on. The popular narrative that Ibn Kathir rahimahullah ta'ala also validates is that it happened on the 27th of the month of Rajab, which is why we're having this event around this time. But at the same time, there's a little bit of discussion there in terms of exactly when it transpired and when it occurred. But that's not really the purpose of our discussion here. We're here to actually learn about it and then reflect on it and see what we can internalize from this remarkable moment. So it was a very cool, tranquil night. This is shortly after the passing of Khadija radiallahu anha. Now if you recall, the Prophet had four daughters at the time of the passing of his wife. Zainab radiallahu ta'ala anha, his eldest daughter, was married. The two other daughters were not married yet, but they were a little bit older. Fatima radiallahu ta'ala anha was still very young. And so what would happen is that the Prophet ﷺ, where his residence was, his neighbor was his cousin, who was kind of like a big sister to him. Her name was Umhani. And she lived right next door. And she had set aside a room in her house where when the Prophet ﷺ was busy or preoccupied with things, that Fatima could go and stay there. And that way she was with someone. The Prophet ﷺ on this night, he went home and laid down for a little bit. And the Prophet ﷺ says that the ceiling of my home opened up. And I was commanded to go to the Haram, to the Kaaba, to the Masjid. He said, before I left and departed from there, I went and checked on Fatima in the home of Umhani. And then I made my way to the Masjid. Now when he arrived at the Masjid, al-Masjid al-Haram, if you've ever seen the pictures of the Kaaba or if you've been there, you know that there is a structure of the Kaaba, and then there is that little half circle on the side of the Kaaba that is open, that is technically a part of the Kaaba. It's called Hatim, also it's known as Hijr Ismail. The Prophet ﷺ was then commanded to lay down there in that area. And he laid down in that area, <clears throat> and then two angels approached him. The Prophet ﷺ in one narration mentions that those two angels were none other than Jibreel and Mikael ﷺ. Gabriel and Michael, the archangels. And they came to the Prophet ﷺ and the Prophet ﷺ pointed at his, at his body and he said from here, from the top of his chest down to his belly button, the Prophet ﷺ said that they, Jibreel ﷺ placed his finger here and he traced it and it opened my body. They had a tray, a, a golden tray, tistan min dhahabin, mamlu'atan, imanan. They had this tray made out of gold, and it had some water that is mentioned that was the water of Zamzam, but it represented faith. And the Prophet ﷺ said that then they poured that faith into my chest, into my heart. And then Jibreel ﷺ traced his finger back up and it closed up his chest miraculously. 
And the understanding of that is that the Prophet ﷺ was about to experience something that no human being, no creation had ever experienced before. Nearness to Allah that no one has ever experienced. And so his heart was strengthened. He was prepared and prepped to be able to really experience that moment and to be able to handle that experience. And what's very interesting, I'll draw the parallel here, is that the Prophet ﷺ says, As-salatu mu'min, the prayer is the ascension of the believer. When we pray to Allah, that is our communion with God. That is our conversation with Allah. And that's why, what do we do before we pray? إِذَا قُمْتُمْ إِلَى الصَّلَاةِ فَاغْسِلُوا What do we do before we pray? We make wudu. Because we're preparing to talk to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, after that, the Prophet ﷺ then says that they brought an animal to me. The creature was فوق الحمار دون البغل. It was larger than a donkey, but it was smaller than a mule. And it was white in color. And they, asked, and they introduced the Prophet to this creature. They said, هذا buraq. This is an animal, a creature called buraq. And this is the ride or the transportation of the Prophets. The Prophet ﷺ was then requested, please climb, on, climb aboard this creature. When the Prophet ﷺ initially started to climb aboard the animal, the animal started to buck a little bit, started to resist a little. And it's a very beautiful moment <clears throat> that Jibreel ﷺ, he says to the creature that you are behaving this way with Muhammad Rasulullah Do you know who this is? Do you realize who this person is? And immediately, the narration mentions that the animal became very calm. Abi Muhammad intafal, hada, you're behaving this way with Muhammad and the animal immediately became calm, recognizing even the animal, the creature recognized the station of the Prophet the status of the Prophet That's why then in authentic narrations, the Prophet when he returned back to Mecca, at the time of the conquest of Mecca, he walked by this giant boulder that was like by the side of the road. And the Prophet in Hadith of Bukhari says, Inni la a'rifu al-hajar. I recognize this stone, this boulder, this rock that I never really understood why, but whenever I used to walk past it, it would say salam to me. Animals and creatures would come seeking affection from the Prophet This camel one time, the owner of the camel was being very rough with it. And the Prophet reprimanded the man. And he said, don't you fear Allah, you treat this creature this way? And the animal was groaning and moaning. And when the Prophet placed his hand on the animal's head, it immediately became quiet. The Sahaba say, we used to see the Prophet would be walking and like animals would run up to the Prophet and they would lower themselves in front of him. So the animal immediately became calm. This is the Prophet The Prophet then boarded the animal and they began the journey. The Prophet says that the animal moved at the speed of light. It would take one step and its step would land as far as your eye could see. And there are a few things, very powerful, beautiful things that occurred with the Prophet ﷺ on this journey, on his way to Jerusalem, that there were very strategic stops, or at points it would slow down, and the Prophet ﷺ was shown something. 
The first thing was that as soon as they started moving, within a second, the animal stopped. And the Prophet ﷺ says that the animal moved so fast that it would take a step as far as the eye could see. And he said, when I looked over, I saw that Jibreel was right by my side. That's how fast Jibreel ﷺ is. And he said that the animal stopped and Jibreel ﷺ requested me, please get down from the animal and pray two rakahs here. So the Prophet ﷺ did that. He got down from the animal and he prayed two rakahs. And then he said, go ahead and board the animal. The Prophet, and then he asked the Prophet Sallallahu Do you understand? Do you realize where you just prayed? And the Prophet Sallallahu said, no, I don't know. And Jibreel told the Prophet Sallallahu You just prayed in a beautiful place and one day someone will move to this place. And it was Medina. Then they boarded the animal and again, it started moving very fast and very quickly. And then again, the animal was stopped. And the Prophet ﷺ was requested to get down and pray. And when he got down and prayed, and he said, do you know where you just prayed? And he said, no. He said, this is the place where God spoke to Moses. And then he rode the animal again, and it stopped very soon. And then the Prophet ﷺ was asked, do you know where you just prayed? He was asked to pray there and he said, do you know where you prayed? And he said, no. And he said that you have just prayed in Bayt Laham, the place of the miraculous birth of Isa alayhi salam. Bethlehem. And then when he rode the animal again, they arrived in Jerusalem. But before we start talking about what happened at Jerusalem, the second thing that I wanted to mention, that the Prophet ﷺ witnessed and experienced, was that the Prophet ﷺ was shown a couple of very remarkable, beautiful things that there are profound lessons in. The animal slowed down at a place. And the Prophet, that place was overcome with this beautiful fragrance. Unlike anything the Prophet had ever experienced before. It was beautiful. And he asked Jibreel what is this remarkable fragrance? And the Prophet and Jibreel commented that this is the place where Asiya, the wife of Fir'aun, who believed in Musa salam, and defied a tyrant who was her husband. And ultimately, he killed her for it. The Qur'an speaks about this. That this is the place where she is buried, and this fragrance is from her burial place. That we were shown, we are learning through this experience of the Prophet salam, of how beloved someone is to Allah when they have sacrificed for the sake of Allah. That that kind of faith and loyalty and commitment to Allah, how it is rewarded by Allah. Then the Prophet ﷺ, as he was riding once again, the animal was slowed down. And the Prophet ﷺ was told to look down. And when he looked down, he was given the ability to see through the earth, through the ground. And he was gazing upon the place where Musa ﷺ is buried. And he saw that Musa alayhi salam was praying to Allah within his grave. And once again, this was to emphasize the, sta the status and the connection that Musa alayhi salam has to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the third thing was that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam on this journey, he was shown certain rewards of good people 
and certain punishments of people who defied and disobeyed Allah. And some of this will be a little bit heavy. But nonetheless, it's a very important lesson that has been preserved for us, so we will talk about it. First and foremost, the Prophet ﷺ was shown that there were these people that they are planting a seed in the ground. And the second that they put the seed in the ground and they cover it with dirt, immediately, instantaneously, the plant shoots out of it. Okay? Kind of like just an immediate reward. And the Prophet asked Jibreel, that is remarkable. What is that? And Jibreel السلام, told the Prophet These are the people that strove and struggled in the path of God. These are the people that worked and made sacrifices and efforts to spread the deen and the religion of Allah. That Allah multiplies their reward and Allah will give them their reward immediately. The Prophet ﷺ then saw the other side. He was shown on his way to Bayt al-Maqdis that there's a group of people, قَوْمًا تُرْخَضُ رُؤُوسُهُمْ بِالسَّخَرِ كُلَّمَا رُضِخَتْ عَادَتْ كَمَا كَانَتْ لَا يُفَتَّرُ عَنْهُمْ مِنْ ذَلِكَ شَيْءٌ There's these group of people this is a part that's heavy. The, their head is being bashed in with a rock. Their heads are being crushed with these rocks. And after their heads are crushed, then their head is returned back to normal. And then it happens over and over and over again. And they're not able to escape this fate. And the Prophet ﷺ, with such pain and concern, he said, Ya Jibreel, man ha'ula? Who are these people? Why is this happening to them? And Jibreel salam said, Ha'ula illadina tatathaqalu ru'usuhum salah. These were the people that were too busy to pray to Allah. These were people who thought they were too important. They were too busy. They had more important things to do than to worship Allah and pray to Allah. And this is their fate. May Allah protect us all. There's another group of people the Prophet sees. <clears throat> they are eating these very like terrible things. Um, these thorny, you know, really horrific looking like plants. And as they eat them, it's basically tearing through them and tearing out of their body. Their entrails are trailing behind them. Their innards are trailing behind them. It's very horrific. And when the Prophet ﷺ saw that, he said, Man ha'ula ya Jibreel? Who are these people? Why is this happening to them? And he said, Ha'ula illadina la yu'adduna sadaqata amwalihim. These were the people who were too preoccupied with their own lives to give charity. Allah gave them, and Allah gave them, and Allah gave them. And they had every luxury anyone could ever want. They had food, they had a roof over their head, they had clothes on, they had everything. But they wouldn't give charity in the way of Allah. The Prophet ﷺ also saw 
that there were these people that their tuqradu alsinatuhum wa shifahuhum bi maqarid min nar their tongues were being cut out and their lips were being sliced off with these scissors that were red hot burning from fire it's like as if they were on fire and after that would occur then they would be returned back to normal and then it would be inflicted on them over and over and over again and the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said ya jibril man haula who are these people why is this happening and the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said ummatik these were people that went around and gave everybody else lectures and advice ya'muruna an-nas bil birr they would tell people what's right and wrong wayansauna anfusahum but they forgot themselves they preached that which they themselves did not practice wahum yatluna alkitab afala yaqilun and they could read they were educated they were knowledgeable but they were hypocrites they told other people what to do but they didn't concern them they didn't concern themselves with their own condition that this is their punishment and then there's a number of different punishments that are mentioned but I'll suffice with that here and I'll con- I'll pause it here and then we'll continue on but a very important lesson that we have to take from this is that the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam on this night was shown the reward that if we make an effort to worship Allah to strive for Allah to have a relationship with Allah we try to serve Allah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will re- multiply our reward many many fold but on the flip side Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not demanded a lot from us Allah has told us to pray to him Allah has told us to give charity Allah has told us to practice what we preach to not backbite others to not kill to not fornicate to not steal a handful of things but when we don't concern ourselves with that when we violate these things and we start to live life just for our own gratification and the fulfillment of our own desires then we were given a preview and a glimpse of the punishment that awaits and the horrific fate that awaits may allah protect us all so this while we learn about this night of al-isra wal mi'raj we will marvel at the story and we will really you know enjoy and and benefit from the the experience of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam but it's very important to also take the lessons from it and realize how we can implement this within our own lives